Hey, and welcome back to another episode of Fulfilled the Podcast. Today, my guest is Caitlin Long. Caitlin is a dear friend of mine, a PA uh, who attended the same PA program as I did. She is also a CEO, a PhD candidate, and a business owner. And Kate is a specialist in burnout, ditching burnout and finding balance as a working mom and navigating all the things that come along with the crazy roller coaster that is working motherhood. I am so excited to share this conversation with you guys where we touch on tuning in to your body's signals, finding your why, living in alignment, and creating tools to fill your toolbox so that self-care can become a strategies-based system where you have habits and rituals that are filling you up instead of draining you, and also what to do if you're feeling burnout or pre-burnout. Without further ado, here is my conversation with Kate. Hi. I'm Tracy, an impassioned lady on a quest to slay working motherhood and find fulfillment. I'm here to help you navigate the beautiful and damned in the life of a working mom. I'm a PA, mom, wife, and lover of fashion who is guiding my fellow working moms to ditch the dread and find fulfillment in the wonder and the war zone that is modern motherhood. I teach you the clinical pearls you need to create a life you love, pearls you can apply today to change your life tomorrow. Skirt around those heavy real life topics? No way. Here you'll get an unfiltered ringside seat. You'll hear about the good, the bad, and the ugly. Parenting, step parenting, marriage, motherhood, faith, and finances are all topics we will sit down and unpack together. Think of this as your one stop shop for all the motivation and encouragement you need to help navigate working motherhood. Each week, it's like a mom's night out had a baby with a TED Talk. Then the mom's night out went back to work. Pull up a seat, get settled, and get ready to be inspired and encouraged. This is Fulfilled, the podcast. All right. Well, Kate, welcome to Fulfilled. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited. So good to see you or hear you. (laughs) Yes. So tell us about you, who you are, what you do, and what you enjoy. Sure thing. So I am a certified physician assistant. I've been in the game almost a decade, and I have experience in ER, ICU, oncology, survivorship, college health, and I currently work in ICU per diem. And I'm also a small business owner, so I have my own business called Team Lifelong Wellness that I started a couple years ago just as an outlet for myself (laughs) and then started bringing people along the way and things really have grown in the past several years and it's my own LLC, it's kind of my baby and that's how a lot of these um, different workshops and events and retreats have come about. So I'm a certified yoga instructor so I really believe and live being emotionally, mentally physically, spiritually healthy, all in one. That holistic approach is so important to me. And why it's so important is I'm a mom as well. I have a three-year-old little girl. Her name is Gianna, and I'm a wife, a dog mama, and I have a little one on the way. We're having a baby boy in just shy of two months now. Countdown's on. Mm-hmm. So that is a little bit about what I do now. And I also am working on my PhD in leadership. And in that, I get to actually research burnout and 
I work at an entrepreneurship and economic development center at the university where I'm studying. So I get to integrate so many things that I love about, about business, but also doing it in a manner that you're keeping yourself healthy. Which is so, so important. And today we're going to talk about burnout. So let's get right into it. What is burnout? Does it resolve on its own? How do we even know if we are burned out? Sure. So burnout is a huge topic right now, especially amongst us healthcare workers or any frontline workers. And it's only been more exposed and worsened by the current state of the pandemic, but it's not a new phenomenon. So it's been studied since around the 1970s, but of course, probably present for eons before that. But what burnout really means is it's defined by, it's a syndrome of three different components. So currently the criteria is emotional exhaustion. So it's beyond that physical exhaustion. And it's a sense of decreased personal accomplishment and depersonalization. And we can definitely break that down a little bit further. So that's kind of the extreme end of this unchecked, unresolved, repeated stress and almost trauma related to a situation. Generally, we apply this to the workplace, but there are other causes of burnout, of course, parental burnout, and um, so many other things. But the one that I really focus on is workplace burnout, because it's something that I've been through myself. I've seen so many great coworkers go through it as well. And it's something I'm really passionate about, both preventing and intervening in on when I see it. So if someone is listening and they're saying, that sounds like me, I'm feeling like something has changed at work, like I'm not getting the same sense of sort of accomplishment, like I'm just going through the motions, I'm coming in, I'm Mm. taking care of people, I'm heading home. What are some steps that they can take to start to walk out of that feeling of overwhelm and that sense of burnout? Definitely. And I, I didn't answer your question before. Does it resolve on its mm. own? Generally, no. It has. It takes a really intentional and mindful approach to first recognize why are you feeling that way? I think that self-awareness is really critical to say, okay, where is this stemming from? Where are the stressors coming from? Even making a simple list, um, taking out a blank sheet of paper and writing down like what are the things that you like about your job or career or things that you like in a job or career? And what are the things that you don't like? What are the things that might be really stressing you out about work? Is it the workload or is it the relationship with some of your coworkers? Is it actually the work that you're doing or is it some of the external or administrative constraints that are often placed on us in the workplace? So I think recognizing things is the first step. And then ways to start to walk out of burnout. I think once you really understand the problem for you, because it is really individualized to every single person, then you can start to understand how to tackle it. So what I really focus on is looking again at those four dimensions of health, mind, body, spirit, emotion. And I see how is this actually being pervasive to my life in those different dimensions. And once I figure out where I'm struggling the most, then I can figure out, or, you know, or me or my clients struggling the most, then I figure out, okay, where do we need to go next to start to course correct a little bit? What are things that we can control? 
because there are a lot of things about the workplace that are out of our control. But for the easy things that we can do, so maybe that is focusing on your physical health. Can, can you eat better in this process? Can you try to sleep better in the process? Can you get your workouts in um, for mental health? Can you follow up with a counselor? Is this something you need to make an appointment with a trusted medical professional about to talk about medication or other interventions? For spiritual health, you know, is that something you've been neglecting? And emotional health, same thing, getting the different resources. So plugging people into that is really important. But I think that first step is self-awareness and then figuring out, okay, what can we actually control? And of course, for the things that seem out of our control, talking through different action steps about what we really want, what's next for us. Is this a job that we're willing to tolerate? some of these things that might not be quite working out for us at the moment or causing extra stress? Or is this like a non-negotiable for us that we need to start to look elsewhere? So I think those, those really deep and hard questions are important to ask ourselves to see like, what's the next step? Absolutely. And I think that it can feel very overwhelming when you are overwhelmed, you just get yes. paralyzed <laughs> and you just say, work is terrible. Home is terrible. I'm exhausted. I can't, I can't, I can't. And you just feel so stuck. And what you yes. want is to make progress and change things, but you're looking around and you don't even know where to start. Right. I agree. And I think that, you know, that emotional exhaustion definitely plays into that. And of course, as we know, burnout is highly associated with things like anxiety and depression, and it's a vicious cycle. And when those things are unchecked or out of line, it gets really hard to kind of dig out of that hole. So that's why I really emphasize, you know, we're not going to fix all of those different dimensions overnight. Um, burnout didn't happen overnight, right? It usually is more of a long-term process. So I think just starting with those simple wins, um, even just recognizing that you have it is a huge win. Um, or that you're going down that pathway, maybe it's not full blown, you're not meeting all of those criteria, or it's not, you know, completely pervasive to your life. But I think that self awareness piece, starting with your list, and then figuring out, okay, what kind of routines and habits do I have right now? What are simple things I could do to help improve upon those routine and habits? And then really getting serious and honing in on what are your true goals, priorities, and values. So I know that you and I have talked a lot about this before, but getting really clear, crystal clear about what your why is. And I think once you have that clarity, it gets a little bit easier to dig out of that hole. So I've definitely been there in those high stress environments that I used to work in clinically. And it's a terrifying place to be, but I can stand here before you and say that I was able to get out of that even through the throes of, you know, postpartum and all the other things that brings with, uh, coupled with having a difficult job situation or one that wasn't in line with my why and kind of help people walk through, what do I do? Where do I start? Yeah. Uh, but I think no, you know, that clarity is so key. So knowing really what you want and, and why. Yeah, for sure. 
So I've heard you teach in the past on this sense of fatigue versus owning the potential of your energy, which is such powerful and beautiful imagery. <laughs> so tell me about this shift. How can we go from feeling too tired to do anything to really in control of the energy that we're bringing to life? Yes. And uh, I could tell you, I'm walking that right now being 33 weeks pregnant, that fatigue really can, can feel so overwhelming, but um, energy begets energy. And I did not make that up. Obviously that's a physics principle, but another thing is that uh, Brendan Burchard is a mentor in the personal development space. I think you also read his high performance habits book. So he talks a lot about energy begets energy. So a lot of people wait around for this magical motivation to appear. They think like, okay, like one day I'm going to wake up and I'm going to have this motivation to work out or get my diet in check or lose the weight that I've been wanting to lose or whatever. Magic wand, fairy godmother is going to come along and do this for them. And unfortunately, motivation is not what's going to get you out of bed in the morning on those tough days. What's going to get you out of bed on those tough days is really just building the habits and routines to be able to intentionally and mindfully place those things that are important to you in your day. So for instance, do I want to work out now at 30 weeks, 33 weeks pregnant and, you know, doing all these different jobs and mothering a crazy toddler and doing all the other things that we have to do as, as moms and all of our other responsibilities. Of course, the answer is no, not really, but I know that it will help me show up as a better mom, wife, employee, et cetera. So sometimes it just takes scheduling that into your day. So maybe it's putting it in your alarm on your phone or in your calendar so that it's coming up on your phone or you're in your planner that you have a date with yourself that you are no matter what working out, even if it's 10 minutes, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, it doesn't have to be crazy. But to build that energy and have, you know, get those endorphins going, I think working out in the morning is one of the best things that you can do or just moving your body. It doesn't have to be crazy. You don't have to spend a ton of money, even just gentle stretching, yoga. There's so many free resources out there that are so helpful. So I think just starting simple and then building from there. So I'm really, and I know you are too, a big proponent of the morning routine. Yes. (laughs) Because to, in order to show up as your best self throughout the whole rest of the day, what do you think is better, right? Waking up at the last minute, setting your alarm, you know, that you only have a few minutes to get ready and then get your kids all ready and out the door. Probably not because then you're already starting in that chaotic, frantic mindset and everything seems to follow from there. But if you are setting aside that extra half hour for yourself or hour in the morning, to be intentional about your health and not just physical health. I don't want to just focus on working out because you can still get a lot out of sitting down in silence, not scrolling your phone first thing and journaling or looking at affirmations, goal setting, maybe reading or listening to personal development. That's been huge for me. Even on days where I can't physically work out because of, you know, pelvic pain or whatever with pregnancy, I still try to make time for those other things. So I'll listen to a podcast maybe while I'm doing my makeup or hair in the morning, or I'll listen to a podcast on the way to work 
Um, so those are just simple things that you can do and fit through your morning or throughout the day. If you're not a morning person, just be intentional about scheduling those little things into your day and you'll start to see a huge difference. And I've seen that in my own life when I put in the energy to do things that make me feel good. I spend the rest of my day more energetic. So it's not like you start the day with 10 units of energy. And if you use three of them in the morning, you run out. Like, I think you actually, you know, you end up generating more because you have momentum and you're feeling good and you're more focused and you're more clear. And so it's not, it's not finite. You can bring the energy and create the energy that you want. Absolutely. And I think it's like honor, like, again, tuning into yourself and honoring yourself and knowing yourself. So knowing what your best, most productive time of the day is, is really key to capitalize on some of these things. I know that once my daughter is down in bed, I'm like useless. (laughs) After that whole process of wrangling a toddler, you know, getting her in the bathtub, getting her, you know, her milk and reading her a book and getting her down in the crib and just getting her into pajamas is like a marathon anymore. So I know once that whole process is over, it's late. The last thing I want to do is anything productive. So I have to honor that, right? I don't, I'm not trying to push my body outside of those limits. Of course, you know, there's things that I have to get done occasionally at night, but I'm really intentional about trying, trying to carve out that time. So it's really just family time. And then anytime after that whole bedtime shenanigans process, then at that time for me and my husband to unwind and be together and, and just be present. So I really try to get everything I need to get done in the morning in that productive time of day for me. Now, some people are night owls. <laughs> so if that process works opposite for you, that's totally cool. But I think it's just really knowing yourself is so key. I can feel it in my bones. This is the year that you start to make traction toward those big, scary financial goals. If you are looking to trim up your budget, to make progress towards paying off your house, saving for your kid's college, or taking that dream vacation to the tropics, I have just the thing for you. It is a free guide I created of 12 things to quit buying that will save you $15,000 a year. You can find the link in the show notes or go to tracy-bingaman.mykajabi.com slash 12 things. That's tracy-bingaman.mykajabi.com slash 12 things. Get ready to start saving major money and making real traction toward those big financial goals. I understand that you have a course about going from burnout to balance, and I would love for you to share with me and with our listeners, what is the course? How does it help um, moms who are feeling burned out? And what do you learn when you take it? Sure. So Burnout to Balance is my baby. (laughs) It's uh, definitely a pilot workshop at this point, but I built it because I wanted to teach people the tools that I use to get through burnout that I have used time and time again, both to prevent and intervene on burnout. So I've had several jobs where I've just reached that point of no return um, that I've actually had to walk away from because it was no longer serving me. So what it entails is five different self-paced modules. They're called Enlight, uh, Ignite, and realign, get tactical, and integrate. 
and they're in video and audio format. And you go through the workshop with these hands-on PDF worksheets, so kind of journaling exercises or all kinds of hands-on activities. And through this six-week period, you really start to not only understand burnout and what it means, but how it applies to you personally to get out of there. And why is it important? Obviously, for individuals, decreasing stress and burnout, you look at decreasing that sense of overwhelm, increasing productivity, time management, job satisfaction, engagement. You start to reboot that confidence and sense of personal accomplishment, overall well-being, that work-life balance that everyone is searching for, quality of life, improved sense of control, and of course, looking at long-term effects of burnout, like we had talked about, you know, that anxiety, depression, insomnia, um, relational dysfunction. There's so many things that stem from um, severe unchecked burnout. So that's why it's so important on an individual level, but also for organizations, right? And this is why employers need to get really serious about this because organizational health is just as important um, to preventing and intervening on burnout because if you do, you're looking at that increased productivity, job performance, job satisfaction and engagement, positive work environment, less turnover, less call outs and time off and improved employee retention. And you're synchronizing your personal and professional vision, mission, values and purpose with the organization. So who doesn't want that alignment? And of course, there's better financial implications from all of those things. So I think the saddest thing for me at one of the hospitals that I worked at uh, recently during the pandemic, it really exposed so many issues that were going on in the hospital and the workers were I said, beyond burnout. It became such a toxic place to be in because everyone was so negative. Everyone hated their job. They didn't appreciate and they did not have faith in or respect the administrators. And it just trickled down, you know, the poor leadership trickled down and there was no real processes, procedures, interventions being done for these employees burnout. So I took it upon myself to like, hey, say, hey, let's, let's do a group meditation in the garden tomorrow, or let's do this and do that. I started to just be proactive. You know, unfortunately the organization is still really suffering with turnover and layoffs and they financially have been plummeting. And I, I really think, it, you know, if you have good, happy workers, then you're obviously going to have more success as an organization, it's just common sense. So that's why it's so important. That's really what the, the workshop entails. I stopped calling it a course or a masterclass because where I work in higher ed, you know, it's not a course for credit or and it's currently not mm. a certificate program. But in the future, you know, those things certainly may come about. So for now, I'm kind of running it more as a workshop. And I also have done in-person retreats related to this as well. So both in association with the workshop and then separate. So it's been really fun. I've had really good results. I do a survey before and after and all of those different indicators of individual burnout. And it's just been amazing to see the response. Um, actually from the survey, I can pull it up now. The respondents reported feeling less critical or cynical 
improved sleep quality, decreased feelings of dread around going to work, improved sense of control, improved positive mindset or attitude throughout the day, feeling more present in the moment and reduced overall burnout. So I think that speaks for itself in the survey. But most importantly to me, like these are real people. These are, again, like frontliners, the people who have gone through the workshop with me. They've been any anyone from healthcare workers, social workers, teachers, students, um, higher ed employees. So it's it's been a really cool experience because at first my mission and vision was healthcare mamas. You know, that's, mm-hmm. that is really a big part of my purpose. But I realized the more people I talked to, it kind of was like, a big me too, when it comes mm. to burnout, you know, the more people I talked about, they're like, Oh my gosh, I thought I was the only person who felt that mm. way. So I think it's just something that we need to, to really start talking about more in the open and helping each other out and just becoming that village. Yeah, definitely. I think that that sense of community and just speaking up and sharing <clears throat> your experience and your truth is so powerful. There are so many people on this earth and you are not the only one who is walking through whatever you're walking through. So no matter how alone or isolated you feel, whether it's with burnout or in motherhood or just with something that you're struggling with, there are other people who have gone before you. There are other people who are walking alongside you and sharing with someone that you trust or in a place that you feel safe is so powerful because it brings that experience out of the darkness and into the light and it shares it with the community. There is so much power in the sharing of stories, um, which is one of the things I love to do with this platform is to, you know, allow people to share what they're working on and also what they've walked through so that it normalizes that this is a struggle. We used to have this narrative, like our parents would get a job and stay there for 35 years and then retire (laughs) with a pension. And and that was normal. That is not the way of the world anymore. And so sort of normalizing this, you're not job hopping, you're searching for a position that serves you and your family during this season. And that's okay. Amen. Amen. And you know what? I saw a statistic that says we spent a third of our lifetime in the workplace. So why wouldn't we want that to be enjoyable? Why wouldn't we want that to be in line with our higher purpose? It just, yeah, it's the old ways, like you're describing, it doesn't make sense to work ourselves to death. And that was definitely a mentality that I was raised in. And that kind of became almost uh, this ingrained mantra for me, like you are your job. And I really tied myself worth to that for a while to the point where I was just, uh, you know, staying late shift after shift or picking up extra because I felt guilty not committing to my job because I didn't want to seem lazy or mediocre. And, you know, that was just BS. (laughs) And it was that mindset, that really toxic mindset ended up running me into the ground. And as you know, part of my story, and we, we share this, this aspect too, is my burnout got so bad and I was so negligent and so ignorant of what was going on that that true you know I was so in denial that I was burnt out you know I thought it was just you know I had a new baby at the time and I thought it was just postpartum I thought it was so many other things I didn't think I could get burnt out like I was always just like super high achiever um as we all are as PAs right but um I didn't know it could happen to me um and then I ended up in the ER with heart palpitations 
and ended up having a bout of SVT. So for those who are not medical listening, that is called supraventricular tachycardia, and it's a fast heart rhythm that is sometimes difficult to break on your own. And it can be brought on by stress, but there's tons of different factors. I was just, I think I wasn't eating or drinking properly. I was, you know, trying to breastfeed at the time and do all the things and not sleeping and boom, had this terrifying ER event. I had never been to the ER before in my life. Ended up having to get all this cardiac workup afterwards. You know, thank God I was fine, perfectly fine, no further issues. But that was like my huge, inciting epiphany event to like, oh my gosh, I'm letting work ruin my life, you know, not just um, from a job fulfillment standpoint, but now this is having not only physical implications, but I'm not, I I could have not been there for my baby. And that was so scary for me, Um, you know, for my husband to see me like that for, you know, my baby, even though she doesn't remember, but um, just to have gone through that experience, it was hugely eye-opening. And it was definitely that kick in the butt from the universe that I needed to be able to start taking those steps toward building a career that I actually loved and that I could actually wake up in the morning and be proud to go to, but also know when to set those boundaries and walk away and know that, you know, my family life is my priority and to be able to like live with that work-life balance and that quality of life. It's just life's too short. I mean, we learned that from the pandemic, right? So that's been also a huge driver for me to again, when things get tough, or if I get into that workaholic mode, and I want to do something after hours, I remind myself, like, this will still be here tomorrow. You know, my kids are only little ones. And Mm -hmm. um, those are just really, I think, through all this experience, having that clarity has really come out of that and been been so huge for us and our family. Yeah, it is. um, It is shocking how similar our journeys through that season of burnout were. And um, for those of you that don't know, Kate and I went to PA school together at the same program. Um, Go Bulldogs. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So so Kate and I share this friendship from early on in our career as students and sort of our journeying through um, this crazy life of motherhood alongside each other. So when I was super burned out and I had undiagnosed um, severe hyperthyroidism, I too found myself in the ER severely tachycardic. So my heart rate was up towards the 200s at rest. And I can vividly remember I'm sitting in the ER bed. I have um, black Nike sneakers on. I came from the operating room and I thought something was terribly wrong. I thought I was septic. I thought I had a pulmonary embolus. I thought something, I had SVT, AFib. I had all these things in my mind (laughs) of what was going wrong. And um, I texted Kate and I said, "Um, hey, I'm in the ER. This is the situation. I know you have like extra training after PA school. You did this ER critical care fellowship what do I need to ask for? And I'm so thankful, Kate, to this day that I texted you because (laughs) I had a great team in the ER and I walked into the doc box and said, I'm having a PE. And they said, you don't really have a PE, Tracy. Like that's not how it works. But they put me in a room and they spun my chest and they worked me up. And it was because of a text from you that you said you should get a TSH. And 
I had to ask for it. So like, remember to always advocate for yourself in medicine because sometimes it is zebras or less common things. Um, (laughs) And my TSH was zero because I was so severely hyperthyroid. And um, that too, that, that ER experience, that realizing that I am a mere mortal and that I have only so much ability and that burnout can happen to a straight A 4.0 high Mm -hmm. achiever who likes challenge and high acuity. Um, That too was this huge catalyst in my life. Mm -hmm. And it was this turning point for me where I realized this job is not only not serving my family, not meeting my needs, not fulfilling me, but it's also making me sick. Yeah. And, and that that's the extreme we want to prevent for all of the listeners out there. <laughs> Don't wait till you go to the ER to realize exactly. that you're burned out. <laughs> Budgets. Blech. Am I right? You've tried them before and you've just never stuck with it. You aren't even sure what you are doing wrong. You've tracked your spending, but you haven't made real progress towards increasing your savings or decreasing your debts. It's not you. It's your system for budgeting. I'm so excited to share with you a new bundle that is available to help you get a handle on your finances. It will take you from feeling like you're spinning your wheels or wishing Jesus would take the wheel to being in control of your financial journey. It helps you to get clear on your financial destination and it gets you on your way down that road. The Budget Bundle is a collection of tools for busy women just like you, to use to get on a budget, stick to your budget, and start paying down debt, increasing your savings, and really making progress towards your money goals in just 30 minutes a month in the next three months. Head on over to the link in the show notes to download your copy of The Budget Bundle today. Okay, so Kate, what are some early, like, if this if burnout was a myocardial infarction, <laughs> what would be the what? So what's the angina of burnout? <laughs> mm, I love that. You know, that's something that maybe I'm going to have to start studying further, like the precursors of, yes. you know, like come up with criteria. But yeah, I would say precursors of burnout syndrome. Like, so it's not just stress, right? It's like anything that's becoming pervasive. So if you're starting to notice that it's impacting your health in any way, whether that's something as subtle as insomnia, which is sometimes not very subtle at all, but if you find yourself like waking up in the middle of the night, thinking about work, checking, like checking the list used to be like a compulsive thing for me. Um, Like I couldn't shut it off. Like I was constantly connected to work. I would get texts from coworkers at like all hours of the day or night. Um, I had no sense of boundaries. And so I think those are definitely some precursors. But that's a really great question. I'm trying to think if there's anything else that I would really add to that. Um, I think what it's like becomes something that you just like can't shake, you know, when that sense of overwhelm um, or you really start to have these invasive thoughts about like, I really don't like my job. Mm-hmm. that's like when the flags have to come up because I, mm-hmm. I can think back to when I had this health scare and probably same for you too. Like you can think back to, wow, I really could have intervened on this a lot sooner. Mm-hmm. Um, if I would have listened to myself and, and trusted myself, I could think of so many times where I was like, Oh, I, I, I'm not looking forward to going to my job. 
Like I'd wake up and I'd just have this sense of dread. And I wish I would have listened to that a little bit further. Yeah. Um, I wish I would have honored that and trusted it. And, you know, I would peruse different jobs at the time, but I didn't really truly believe there was something better out there for me at the time. And I was just kind of stuck in that, that uh, lack of abundant mindset. And I'm just so happy that, you know, I'm grateful that heart thing happened as scary as it was, because it, it forced me to critically think about what I wanted, what I didn't want. And it led to this whole beautiful path of where I am now. And I'm just like, so thankful. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yes. And I feel like when we have those experiences, where we end up in the ER, or we think something is wrong, or it's kind of dramatic to say your life flashes before your eyes, but something that shifts your perspective and makes you really realize you get one precious life and how you spend it is so very important. Mm. So you teach your students to get clear on their why. Um, if this is one of those foundations of balance that women are struggling with, how can we unearth our why and get clear on things like our mission, our vision, our core values? How have you seen that reflected in your life? And what does that look like for you at this point, Kate? Yes. Amen to that. That's a, that was a huge problem for me. It still is. I'm really terrible at saying no, but now because I've gotten really clear about my mission, vision, why, priorities, and having those aligned with my work-life balance, it's become easier to say no. And I have expressed that need to my spouse and to people who I know and trust to say, hey, check me on this. If you see I'm starting to pick up things that don't make sense for my ultimate goals um, and what I'm saying my why is, then you need to tell me to stop because <laughs> sometimes you get caught up in the moment. You, you don't want to let people down. But I think, um, and Gladden Doyle says this in her book, like the biggest challenge that you have to do and the thing you have to do every single day is to not let yourself down. And I love that so much. And it, it really resonated with me because I was, I'm definitely someone who gravitates toward that. You know, I'm a people pleaser at heart. Um, I'm a caregiver personality type. We all are, right, as healers, as, as caregivers, healthcare professionals. But um, I think it is so important to have that self-awareness to recognize like, oh, wow, like <laughs> I'm letting people um, walk all over me or ask so much of me. It is okay to say no. And it's okay to have that excuse and you're not even an excuse, just, you know, that thing that's near and dear to your heart to say, this is not in line with the season of life that I'm in. And this is not in line with, you know, where I want to be right now. Thank you so much for the opportunity, but I'm going to have to pass at this time. And if you are bringing in your family, you know, saying like, you know, my family's my number one priority right now. I just don't have the bandwidth to commit to this. Um, but thank you. you know, no one can argue with that, right? You're not going to disappoint anyone because I think they're going to honor that you're honoring your priorities. And if they don't, then they're definitely someone you don't want to be affiliated with anyway. So I think that's, that's huge. All right. So we're going to switch gears a little bit. We've been talking a lot about your self-care toolbox and things that you use to make sure you're taking care of yourself and finding balance in this world that really lends itself to burnout. So I want to ask you, if you are headed to a deserted island and you could only take two tools Ooh. from your self-care <laughs> toolbox, what would you choose? And why would you choose them? 
So we're headed to this deserted island, and what are you going to take with you to make sure you're taking good care of yourself while we're there? Oh, that is a hard one. I love it, though. Okay, you're with me, though, right? So, like, that's, <laughs> that's like a bonus. <laughs> yes, I'm with you. We can go to the deserted island together, which, as busy working moms, actually sounds less like exile and more like a vacation, but we'll go together. Where can I sign up? <laughs> no. Um, okay. So I would probably say my journal because I think that that's just where I process my ideas the best. And I'm not even talking about any fancy schmancy journal. I'm talking about like, you know, your <laughs> five star or target brand notebook or just with blank pages, nothing fancy, just so I can get all my ideas out and just have that creative space and hmm this is a tough one I'm between my yoga mat or like bringing a massage therapist (laughs) and the reason I say that is because um, yoga has been so transformational for me it started out just as you know another class to take at a gym and then I really started to dive into it when I was pregnant I actually showed up to a prenatal class not knowing what to expect but just wanted to you know find a way to relieve stress and stretch a little bit and that's what I thought it was only that it became so much more it became a way to integrate all of those practices that I had been craving to get my health in line mind body spirit emotion all in one and that's why I actually became a certified yoga instructor Um, I still teach once a week at a little mom and pop gym by me. And I love it because it just is so grounding. So I think, you know, having yoga, like having a yoga mat to be able to practice, meditate, work on breath work, have my journal next to me. It just sounds like a dream. And being on a deserted island with you, I mean, who could beat that? Yeah, and the reason I was like, hmm, a massage, I just got a massage last week, um, and I had it for a while just because life and, you know, prenatal stuff, but um, that's one of the few times I can turn my brain off. So yoga and massage seems to be one of the two times I turn my brain off because I cannot pick up my phone during class, right? Um, I cannot pick up my phone during a massage. Um, my Apple watch is off. (laughs) So, you know, any technology I'm disconnected from the world could be blowing up, but I don't care because I'm in my blissful spot. So that's why I I thought about those things right off the bat. But I think we could totally integrate them all into a badass fulfilled retreat. So I'm in more to come people. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. So if you love me and you love Kate and you're a mom who is feeling burned out, wishing she had better control of her money or was just more in balance in her life, um, stay tuned for the fulfilled burnout to balance retreat coming soon to a deserted island far, far from you your work and your spouse and your kids. Thanks so much for your time, Kate. I think that this conversation is so, so valuable for women to hear that they're not alone in this struggle to find a way to walk through this life that fits for us. So if someone is listening and they're really resonating with what you're saying, they want to learn more about Burnout to Balanced, or they want to know where they can find and connect with you online, where should they head? So 
everything is under Team Lifelong Wellness. So our website is teamlifelongwellness.com. So you can find me there. You can find more about the burnout workshop, more events, retreats going on. And then, of course, Instagram, Facebook, even a little TikTok. That's all Team Life, <laughs> Team Lifelong Wellness. And that's our email as well. So teamlifelongwellness at gmail.com. So feel free to reach out. I always love meeting new people and networking with like-minded people. So if this resonates with you, I would love to chat more. And of course, sign up for the waiting list for our fulfilled retreat. <laughs> Thanks for having me. You are the best. And I love what you're doing here. Until next time, keep on slaying your own fire-breathing dragons. Thank you so much for hitting play on another episode of Fulfilled, the podcast. I have a favor to ask. If you like what you heard today, please tell your friends. Take a screenshot and share it on social. You can tag me on Instagram at Mrs. Tracy Bingaman, and you can tag the podcast at Fulfilled Podcast. And please consider leaving a review. I'd love to hear what you think, and your reviews can help other moms find me so they can grow alongside you. Oh, I almost forgot. Don't forget to subscribe so you get next week's episode automatically in your podcast queue. Instant inspiration and all the mom jokes? Yes, please. We'll see you next week on Fulfilled, the podcast.